0: M S W media Thanks to our new sponsor Factor. Factor delivers delicious fresh never frozen meals that are ready to heat and eat in 2 minutes. Head to factormeals.com/dailybeans50 and use code DAILYBEANS50 to get 50% off your first box. Moves with Hello, and welcome to The Daily Beans for Monday, February 13th, 2023. Today, Trump paid a legit research firm to find voter fraud for the 2020 election, and they briefed him and Meadows that there was none. Special counsel Jack Smith did not ask Merrick Garland for permission to subpoena Mike Pence. More classified documents were found at Pence's Indiana home. Additional classified documents were found at Mar-a-Lago that were scanned into a trump aide laptop. Donald Trump was subpoenaed again for classified documents. The Trump team is going to try to block the Pence subpoena by invoking executive privilege. The names of the private investigators Trump hired to search his other properties have been handed to the DOJ and have testified before the grand jury. And more Trump lawyers have appeared before Jack Smith's grand juries. I'm Allison Gill. And I'm Dana Goldberg. Holy forking shirt balls. Dana, I have never seen this much news. Break on a weekend, on a Saturday and Sunday.
1: It is nuts. Yeah, no, this is a lot. It's a lot. Normally we have some quiet days, and you're like, I'm just trying to find news stories, and now you're like, I'm trying to figure out what we can't t- say today. <laughs> yeah, like, what's left out? Like the fourth object that was just shot down over a Lake
0: Huron. I oh mean, although I saw somebody tweet that uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene's home planet keeps sending Ubers, and we keep shooting them down. I think that was pretty funny. That is funny. We're gonna do our best to get through all this news, but keep in mind, a lot of this is special counsel news. And it will be gone over in detail by me this coming weekend on the Jack podcast. There is now currently an episode out that has all the Pence subpoena stuff in it with Barb McQuaid and Hugo Lowell. That's the one out now. And all this stuff will be talked about, you know, at great length in next week's episode. First, the FBI did search Pence's home on Friday while we were learning about him being subpoenaed by (laughs) the federal grand jury. They found an additional classified document. No big deal, but they found one. So there we go.
1: I think it's funny when they talk about the FBI search. They literally in the headline said it was a consensual search. And I can only assume that uh, mother is the one that gave consent for the house to be searched by the FBI. (laughs)
0: Yeah, she's like, I bet like every five minutes. I'm sorry about the mess in here. It's just <laughs> atrocious. And uh, do you need me to move the valence? And I mean, I could just you know that would be a great Saturday Night Live sketch if you're listening. That would be very SNL funny, folks. All right, let's see if we can get all this news out in a reasonable amount of time. Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right. First up, smoking gun bombshell news from Josh Dawsey at The Washington Post. Former President Donald Trump's 2020 campaign commissioned an outside research firm in a bid to prove electoral fraud claims, but never released the findings because the firm said there wasn't any. They disputed all of his theories and could not offer any proof that he was the rightful winner of the election. And that's according to four people familiar with the matter. And that's interesting. Which four? The campaign paid researchers from Berkeley Research Group to study 2020 election results in 6 states, looking for fraud and irregularities to highlight in public and in the courts. Among the areas examined were voter machine malfunctions, instances of dead people voting, and any evidence that could help Trump show he won. None of the findings were presented to the public or in court. About a dozen people at the firm worked on the report, a dozen including what are these econometricians? I guess, econometricians is that I've never heard of that word before. Econometrician looks right. Economists. How about that? Uh, Who use statistics to model and predict outcomes. The work was carried out in the final weeks of 2020 before the riot on the Capitol. Quote, they looked at everything. Change of address, illegal immigrants, ballot harvesting, people voting twice, machines being tampered with, ballots that were sent to vacant addresses that were returned and voted. That's a person familiar with the work who, like others, spoke on the condition of anonymity to describe the private research and meetings. Literally anything you can think of. Voter turnout anomalies, date of birth anomalies, whether dead people voted, if there was anything under the sun that could be thought of, they looked at it, unquote. The findings were not what the Trump campaign had been hoping for, according to the four people. While researchers believed there were voting anomalies and unusual data patterns in a couple of states, along with some instances in which laws may have been skirted, they did not believe the anomalies were significant enough to make a difference in who won the election. The research also contradicted some of Trump's more conspiratorial theories, such as his baseless allegations about rigged voting machines and large numbers of dead people voting. A person familiar with the findings said there were at least a dozen hypotheses that Trump's team wanted tested. None of these were significant enough. Just like any election, there's always errors, omissions, and irregularities. It was nowhere close enough to what they wanted to prove. And it actually went in both directions, Dana. Senior officials from the Berkeley Research Group briefed Trump and then Chief of Staff Mark Meadows and others. Others. They don't say who, but they briefed them on the findings in a December 2020 conference call. We don't know what day, but it was December 2020. Meadows showed skepticism of the findings and continued to maintain that Trump won. Trump also continued to say he won the election. The call grew contentious, according to people with knowledge. That means the people that were in the meeting are reporting this. That's who <laughs> who these sources are. Maybe Meadows. Now, here's why this is a smoking gun. Before now, we had a ton of Trump aides testifying to the January 6th committee and beyond that they told Trump he lost, right? Stepien, Barr, Cannon, Okskowski... Ivanka, Hirschman, like Philbin, Cipollone, like everybody was like, dude, you fucking lost, bro. And that's evidence enough to prove that he knew that he lost. But now we have an outside legitimate research firm that Trump paid about $600,000, I think, briefing Meadows and Trump in December 2020 before the attack on the Capitol, that his voter fraud claims were bullshit, as Bill Barr so eloquently put it. This touches on so many things, Dana. First, we know From the Eastman-Chapman University email fight with the January 6th committee, Mm -hmm. Judge Carter found it was more likely than not that a bunch of Eastman's emails qualified for the crime fraud exception, including an email from Eastman about a lawsuit Trump signed onto in Georgia that included specific numbers of fraudulent voters, like 2,363 dead people voted, et cetera, like all these numbers. Eastman emailed a bunch of Trump campaign people on December 30th After Trump received the briefing from this research firm and said, quote, Although the president signed a verification for this filing on December 1st, he has since been made aware that some of the allegations and evidence proffered by the experts has been inaccurate. For him to sign the new verification with that knowledge would not be accurate. Of course, Trump signed it anyhow. Of course he did. (laughs) But it seems to me that this briefing came in between that December 1st signing and the the December 30th signing. And, And remember, he continued, Trump continued to hound Ruby Freeman and Shea Moss, for example, even on stage at the Ellipse rally on January 6th for voter fraud he knew to be false. He also used that lie to fundraise, including for the, quote, Election Defense Fund, unquote, that he claimed to set up, but it doesn't exist. And we now know that Jack Smith is asking witnesses about this briefing that is breaking news this weekend. He is asking witnesses about this research briefing of Trump and Meadows and others, along with information about his fundraising activities, which seems like a clear case of fraud to me. Additionally, Cassidy Hutchinson testified she witnessed Trump say to Mark Meadows on December 11th, this is embarrassing. I don't want people to know that we lost. Don't know if he was talking about this briefing or when the briefing happened or if he was talking about the SCOTUS case that he lost uh, on a different voter fraud lawsuit. But regardless, she testified that he said that this briefing given to Meadows and Trump is the smokingest of smoking guns, proving that he knew he lost and that there was no voter fraud. And I'll bet all the beans it may have been Meadows who told the DOJ about this research firm, unless it's just four people from the research firm that were on that call. We'll know whether Meadows is a target or a cooperator when Fonnie Willis brings her charges.
1: I cannot wait for that. And a lot of the news today has to do with the former guy. This is from Hugo Lowell at The Guardian. Donald Trump's lawyers turned over an empty manila folder marked classified evening briefing. Now, just the the folder, by the way, it's empty after the U.S. Justice Department issued a subpoena for its surrender. Once prosecutors became aware it was located inside the private quarters of the former president's Mar-a-Lago resort. And this is two people familiar with that matter. The previously unreported subpoena was issued last month as the recently appointed special counsel escalated the inquiry into Trump's possible unauthorized retention of national security materials and obstruction of justice. Well, the folder was seen in Trump's bedroom, Allison, by a team of investigators, because, you know, they're all super locked down. Well, what's true, I guess, is Trump is the only person in there. (laughs) (laughs) Because we know Melania hasn't spent any time in there. To do do, do, in his bedroom by a team of investigators he hired to search his properties last year for any remaining documents marked as classified. Well, the team transparently included the observation in an inventory of Mar-a-Lago and Trump properties in Florida, New Jersey, and New York. Weeks after the report was sent to the Justice Department, the sources said federal prosecutors subpoenaed the folder. Now, the folder is understood to have not been initially returned because the lawyers thought, quote, classified evening briefing, end quote, did not make it classified, nor is it a formal classification marking. Well, the backstory the Justice Department was told about the folder was that Donald would sometimes ask to keep the envelopes, featuring only the classified evening briefings in red lettering as keepsakes after briefings were delivered, one of the sources said. Now, around the same time that Trump's lawyers turned over the empty folder, earlier reported by CNN, they also returned in December a box of presidential schedules, at Mar-a-Lago, of which a couple were marked as classified. And in January, what they also handed over is a laptop onto which the contents of the box had been scanned last year by a junior aide. This is also probably if they're classified a bigger deal. Also, Donald was ordered by the court to hand over the names of the private investigators who searched his properties. And, A.G., you said that the DOJ probably wanted those names as DOJ could bring them in front of a grand jury, and that's exactly what's happened. CNN reports the two people were questioned by Jack Smith's grand jury investigating the Trump documents. Last year, Trump hired this team to search his properties after the department told his lawyers that they were suspected, that they suspected the former president was still in possession of classified marked documents even after the FBI searched it in August. Well, the contractors found and immediately returned two documents, both marked as classified and the secret level. ...from boxes that appeared to have been unopened since they were shipped from the White House at the end of the Trump administration. That was what The Guardian previously reported. Then, mar lago in December, the contractors found a box that mainly contained presidential schedules... ...in which they found a couple of classified marked documents to also be present... ...and alerted the legal team to return the materials to the Justice Department. That's from the sources... Well, the exact nature of the classified marked documents remains unclear, but a person with knowledge of the search likened their sensitivity to schedules for presidential movements. For instance, presidential travel, like to Afghanistan, better considered sensitive until they have taken place. Well, after the Trump legal team turned over the box of schedules, the sources said they learned that a junior aide, one of his junior aides, employed by Trump's Save America Political Action Committee, who acted as an assistant in Trump's political quote, 45 office that last, last year scanned and uploaded the contents of the box into a laptop. You know how we always talk about them accusing other people of doing shit mm-hmm. that they have done? It's funny that it's now a laptop. Hmm. Well, mm-hmm. yep. the junior Trump aide, according to what one of the sources said, was apparently instructed to upload the documents by top Trump aide Molly Michael to create a repository of what Donald was doing while in office it was apparently careless in scanning them onto her work laptop. When the Trump legal team told the Justice Department about the uploads, federal prosecutors demanded the laptop and its password, warning that they would otherwise move to obtain a grand jury subpoena, summoning the junior aide to Washington to grant them access to the computer. <laughs> well, to avoid a subpoena, uh-huh, Donald's legal team agreed to turn over the laptop in its entirety last month, though they did not allow federal prosecutors to collect it. From Mar-a-Lago themselves.
0: Mm, Yeah. Wonder why he doesn't want any federal prosecutors at Mar-a-Lago. That's weird. Couldn't imagine. Yep. (laughs) All right. Lawyers for the former guy are expected to fight the special counsel subpoena of Mike Pence on executive privilege grounds. And that's according to a source familiar with Trump's legal team's discussions. Pence has been subpoenaed by Jack Smith. And we know that because we talked about it on Friday. Now, Smith was appointed in November by Merrick Garland. To lead the Justice Department's inquiries into Trump's role in the Capitol riot on January 6th, as well as the handling or mishandling of classified documents, the subpoena is related to the January 6th investigation. That's what the source said. Now, the Trump campaign has not responded to a request for comment, and various Trump world attorneys also declined to comment. CBS News first reported that Trump's lawyers were planning to fight the subpoena. In December, NBC reported that Jack Smith had subpoenaed local officials in key presidential swing states for all communications involving Trump, his campaign, and a series of aides and allies who assisted his efforts to overturn the election. Smith's move indicated that he was looking into a scheme that involved the fake electors, and we know that. That is, of course, the slate of individuals who signed documents, falsified, forged documents asserting they were their state's rightful electors and making false claims that Trump was the winner. The fake electors also submitted those certifications of Trump victories to the National Archives in hopes of having Pence substitute them for the actual votes. Yeah, they just, like, that's amazing. They just (laughs) mailed them to the National Archives. Like, these are the real ones. Use these
1: ones, use these ones.
0: Yeah, and you remember Ron Johnson's staffer tried to call a Pence staffer, like, we need to hand deliver these certificates to, you know. Pence staffer was,
1: no, you don't. We don't want any of that shit.
0: You will not deliver those to him. Thank you. Have a nice day. Now, Trump had tried to claim executive privilege multiple times. He's tried this multiple times to block the committee from obtaining documents. The committee devoted an entire hearing to Pence's role on the day of the riot, as well as the intense public and private pressure Trump applied to Pence to get him to interfere with the electoral count. Pence said in a Wall Street Journal opinion article that he told Trump it would be illegal for him to interfere in the count during Oval Office meetings with lawyer John Eastman And when you tell the world that you had a discussion with the president, that's no longer covered by privilege. Not that any of this would be, though. And we go over that with Barb McQuaid on this most recent episode of Jack, which is out right now. But the long and short of it is, Dana, if you're doing a criminal investigation, as in U.S. v. Nixon, and there's only one person who can give you these answers, like, you know, what Pence said on his side of the phone call the morning of January 6th, for example, or what happened at the meeting on the 21st of December. With congressional members, mm-hmm. if you can't get it anywhere else, that pierces the privilege, and you know. But they want to litigate it; it is their right to litigate it, and so they're going to litigate it. Pence, who presided over Congress's certification of the election, ultimately performed his ceremonial duty. Ministerial is actually a better adjective here, and like I said, Trump will lose this battle. So listen to the current episode of Jack. Barb McQuade goes over why. But this will delay the investigation, probably by at least a couple of months. Also of note, the Times reported today that Jack Smith did not ask Merrick Garland for permission to subpoena Mike Pence. He just did it and he informed the attorney general that he was doing it. But I think that's important to note because it underpins the level of independence that Jack Smith is operating
1: under. I agree. Thank you so much, A.G. And Trump attorney Christina Bob appeared before a federal jury. Federal grand jury in Washington, D.C. in recent weeks in connection with the investigation into the former president's handling of classified documents. This is two people familiar with this matter. That's what they told CNN. Bob's appearance marks the second Trump lawyer involved with Trump's handling of the government documents to meet the grand jury recently. Now, CNN reported that Trump's attorney, Evan Corcoran, appeared before the grand jury last month. While The Wall Street Journal first reported Bob's appearance. Well, the move by Special Counsel Jack Smith to compel Bob and Corcoran to testify is an aggressive one, given that both are lawyers to the former president. But it also marks how the investigation continues to push for answers on the lead up to August 22, FBI search on Mar-a-Lago in the documents mishandling and obstruction of justice investigation. There's so many fucking investigations to follow. (laughs) The two attorneys were involved in responding to Justice Department on behalf of Trump at a time when all classified records in his possession had been subpoenaed yet hundreds were not turned over. Corcoran and Bob each had a role in telling prosecutors in writing that the Trump team had searched for documents and turned over all classified material in his possession last June. A lawyer for Bob declined to comment on her interactions with the special counsel's investigation. So the lawyers are in trouble. When the lawyers need lawyers, something's gone terribly wrong.
0: Yes, MAGA, making attorneys get attorneys. And, you know, a lot of folks have been asking me online, well, why not? Why did the DOJ subpoena the office of Donald John Trump and not Trump himself? And I have to imagine there were many meetings. There were, it took three weeks, you know. Yeah. Um, at least to decide that you were going to subpoena the former guy for stuff. And there has to be a reason that the Department of Justice chose to go with the office of Donald John Trump. And I think it has to do with the fact That if you have an office, then you have a records administrator and then you would be able to hold that records administrator accountable for signing off on a letter the way Bob did. But no one wants to come forward and say, yes, yes, I am the records administrator for the office of Donald John Trump. Can you imagine that fucking nightmare of a job? No, nobody wants it. And, and that is why Jack Smith wanted Judge Beryl Howe to hold Donald in contempt, at least his office, to say, you need to name a records administrator so that we can fuck with that person. <laughs> like, stop this bullshit. And there's probably a lot of other legal reasons they wanted to subpoena the entity and not the man. There might be due process. There might be they. it, it might take away or shield their them or limit their liability of, over violating anybody's individual constitutional rights. There could be a ton of things, but I guarantee you, a lot of very smart people, smarter than you and me, sat down and decided this was the best course of action. And you know, we'll see how it all comes out in the in the wash, uh, because Judge Beryl Howell has not denied that contempt motion, right? And now we've got all these other documents popping up. We've got the two people that Trump hired, who turns out to be friends of his. They aren't really independent to search the rest of his properties. We've got outstanding stuff like uh, Alina Haba who we know in the New York Attorney General Tish James's investigation, signed an attestation letter that she did a diligent search of all the Trump properties looking for the fucking documents that the attorney general in New York wanted. She would have certainly seen classified information, but we don't know if she's testified to the grand jury or not yet. But there's a lot of other things that have to be unearthed or or may have already been unearthed. It hasn't been reported out yet, but it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens here in the next couple of months. So. It will indeed. Lots of news, yeah. lots of news. Thanks, A.G. Yeah, yeah, no problem. All right. We'll be back with some listener-submitted good news to wrap this whole day up, which is always awesome. If you have good news you want to submit, you can send it in to us at DailyBeansPod.com and click on contact. Stick around. We'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody. It's 2023, the year of accountability, and we all have goals we want to achieve. Let me tell you, though, Factor is here to help you achieve every single one of them. Fuel up fast with the ready-to-eat nutritious meals delivered straight to your door, leaving you time and energy to tackle everything else on your to-do list. Achieve and maintain your 2023 goals with Factor. Get America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit so you can start saving time, eating well, and living your best year yet. Factor is a very delicious, so-good, on-the-go solution, and they have a deal for you. Head to factormeals.com dailybeans50 and use code dailybeans50 to get 50% off your first box. That's a massive discount. My new personal favorite is their top-rated mushroom, tomato, and goat cheese cavatappi. It's so delicious. It's got herb, roasted zucchini. Mm, I love it. I love it mm-hmm. so much. Their registered dietitians and expert chefs will work hand-in-hand hand to put in the work so you don't have to. And I get to feel good about what I eat every day. That's the best part. It doesn't matter what your lifestyle is. Factor has delicious flavor-packed meals. They're going to save you time and energy, prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians. There's keto, calorie-smart, vegan, veggie, protein-plus options. It's an incredible diverse menu, and it's so delicious. Each meal is going to have you ha- loving all of the ingredients, and you have everything you need to feel satisfied all day long. Get Factor and enjoy clean eating without the hassle. You choose your meals and enjoy fresh flavor-packed meals delivered right to your door. They'll be ready in just two minutes. No prep, no mess, no dishes. Head to factormeals.com slash dailybeans50 and use code dailybeans50 to get 50% off your first box. That's dailybeans50 at factormeals.com slash dailybeans50 to get 50% off your first box. You'll be glad you did. Everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Who likes good news? near good news good news and if you have any good news confessions corrections you want to play what the mutt we're champions we're totally champions i think dana when you were gone there was a what the mutt and i got them all right and this, get out of here it's because they didn't give us the answers
1: i was like was it just like a golden retriever and great dane mix that was, yeah. it was just a chow chow it was, no um <laughs> a purebred chow
0: no uh you want to said play what the mutt, mo- like I said, we're champions, send that in. If you want to give a shout out to somebody you love, a local business in your area that you want to give some love to, what, adoptable pets in your area, all of your pet pics, especially if they're wearing costumes, baby photos for Dana, frog orgies for me, send it all to us at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. First up, from Anonymous, pronouns he and him. Hey there, Beans Queens. I wanted to let you know I gifted three months of the Daily Beans pod to my sister, Judy, for her birthday back in December. Judy is a blue dot in the red state of South Dakota. My lovely sister spent her professional career teaching in elementary schools and is now retired. She loves the beans and enjoys Jack also on Sundays. I'm going to gift her an entire year when her current subscription runs out. I know she appreciates the daily news you bring to life with swearing. For pet tax, please see one of my cats, Austin, sporting his sweater. Oh my God, I'm gonna love this. I haven't scrolled yet, I'm excited. He wears this sweater because he's diabetic and being a bit chilly outside in Oregon these days, he, he can't be outside without shaking. But with his sweater on, he can be outside without shaking and traverse in style. Look! Oh, my at goodness.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he really
0: is cute in his sweater. Oh, I love this little long-haired tuxie with little oh white goodness. socks and a little white dot on the nose and a little white ascot. And then like this mock turtleneck sweater.
1: That's incredible. Oh my goodness. (gasps) I just scrolled. Look at this. Okay. I can't wait. This is from Judy, Pronoun she and her. I just came to drop my mutt for what the mutt. I call Dandy a baker's field because he comes from that town's shelter. He's an excitable boy and he's not people friendly on walks, but he heals well and that's all I can wish. He's 42 pounds and longer than he is tall. His feet are huge. I was surprised when the vet said Dandy is full grown. Thanks for all you do. Look at this dog. Okay, so part wired hair dachshund.
0: <laughs> Maybe Corgi? I, see,
1: I was thinking Corgi, but we've also got big paws. Look at, though, I see Pity in those eyes. And I don't know if you can tell what kind of a breed a dog is just from their eyes. I think with huskies you can, but there's something about this dog's face that might happen there. But wired hair terrier say, for
0: sure. Ridgeback terrier, chow-chow Corgi. Doxy, maybe. Oh, he's long. so fucking cute. I he's know so he's adorable. Cute. Oh, look at the little feet in that. He looks like Benji.
1: What's Benji? Oh my god. I don't know. But he just right. looked well, like he's I... got quirky feet. They're all ballerinaed out. Let's see. Benji. Okay. Benji is
0: a mutt. Cocker yeah spaniel, schnauzer, and poodle. All right. Well, let's add those into the mix. <laughs> let's see how we did. All right. He's, pit, pit he's 90% Pitbull.
1: Chihuahua, Boxer, Staffy, and Shih Tzu. We got nothing else besides you got the Pitbull. <laughs> That's hilarious. I always, Yeah, I thought it was a big dog, either Pitbull or Boxer. That's funny that they're both in there. Oh, well. Adorable dog. Adorable. I mean, beautiful. Dog. The dog's adorable. So, so, so cute. All right, you're up next, my friend. All right. What
0: do we got here? We've got Deborah, pronouns she and her. I love listening to you both or individually each morning as I walk my dog. I'm a transplanted New Yorker in eastern North Carolina. Suffice to say, my area is not the purple part of North Carolina. So voting blue over Q and taking someone with you is my mantra now. I am a mediator of conflicts between people over animals, so the pet stories make me smile every day. I also have a free call every Wednesday night at 630 to help people make a plan for the care of their pets if they're experiencing any of the 10 D's. Death, divorce, delay, disease, disaster, dementia, de-violence, deployment, disability, and denial. I like how you de-violence. Uh, that's good. Yeah. Just to get them all in there. Pet tax. My dogs Junie and Mariah. I'm sure you'll guess their breed. AG, frog, orgy included below. Yes. Please keep doing what you do. It encourages us all to get involved. <gasps>
1: oh my goodness. I think these are Irish setters and they're absolutely beautiful. Look at that second picture. They're just laughing and laughing. (laughs) The other ones, it's not not that funny. Laughing. Yeah, look at, and you can tell
0: in the first picture, there's a funny one and a serious
1: one. I love it. So good. All right. This next one's from Annie K. No pronouns on Annie. Hello, AG and DG. Just to start off, I've been a listener since the kitchen table days and am a patron. My good news is I got my sister to listen to your show. She boxed anything electronic or new, and I got her an Alexa Echo to listen to you. I want to say thanks a million for having Lucas Kunz on. He is our shining star here in Missouri. I would have written sooner, but I'm a nurse and I got COVID. This new variant of COVID is no joke. Thanks again for having Lucas Kunz on. I will be voting blue and educating everyone I can to vote for Mr. Koontz For pet tax, I submit my caretakers during COVID. The all-black pup is my friend's who just happened to stay with me while she was out of town. Oh, that baby knows you're sick and wants to help.
0: Is that like a like a German Shepherd Chihuahua mix? That
1: first young is so cute. Seriously, look at those ears. You're getting cable on.
0: And look at the little toto dog. Oh, so so the little sweet.
1: the third peets. one,
0: too. Oh, hey, a little a little something poo, multi poo. Something yeah, poo. adorable, Cute. adorable. Thank you for that. Next up from Emma, pronoun she and her. Kia ora beans, Queens. After spending two years living in the U.S. during the Trump years, I'm an avid follower of U.S. politics. It's from a position of concern, almost like watching a drug addicted relative recover from four years of meth addiction. Yeah. Your podcast is that perfect mix of snappy, to-the-point updates combined with frequent belly laughs. Whilst living in your wonderful country, I was unable to work due to visa restrictions. I spent my time fostering litters of reservation dogs. After promising my husband that all pups would be fostered out, it was incredible for him to suggest that one amazing little pup that stole our hearts might be our forever dog. We adopted Jackson and went through the incredibly time-consuming and eye-wateringly expensive process of taking Jackson back home to New Zealand with us. Yeah, there's all kinds of quarantines and stuff. So this dog is from a kill shelter in New Mexico. He's now the king of his local dog park in New Zealand, loving the beach life and hikes through virgin rainforest. His favorite visitors are those with American accents, and he saves the super wag for those that smell of home in Colorado. The photo I've added is of Jackson enjoying his best res dog life on the black sands of Piha Beach in the west coast of Auckland, New Zealand. We'll keep listening to your fab podcasts on our daily walks. And uh, then they say, uh, thank you so much in New Zealandish. I think it's beautiful. It's a beautiful language, and I'm going to butcher it. So, mihi <laughs> nui. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Send me a correction, Emma. But thank you. Look at this beautiful baby. Gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. Those black sand beaches are so cool. Yeah. Can't wait to get to Australia and New Zealand. It's like a bucket list thing for me.
1: Oh, me been? too. No, I haven't. I was supposed to go on a cruise um, for work before COVID hit and then COVID hit and it got canceled.
0: And we'll have
1: to see if we can do like
0: a tiny beans tour around those two beautiful countries. Oh, my God. That'd, that'd be, be amazing. Balls, Right? Like... Get it out of our systems, could get to Australia and New Zealand, which are two of the most beautiful places in the world, and also do shows. That would be so much fun. I bet we'd have hosts there too. I bet there's people listening that'd be like, stay with us.
1: Mm hmm. Mm hmm.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much, everybody, for sending in all your pet pictures and all of your good news. If you have anything you want to share with us, you can do it by going to dailybeanspod.com and clicking on contact. Dana, do you have any final
1: thoughts? I do. I hope everyone enjoyed the Rihanna concert yesterday. And I heard that a couple, I think there was some people playing football. Uh, we have, we're, we're recording this right before the Super Bowl is actually starting. So I hope it's a great game. Um, I And I want to say this, no matter what happens today, there's going to be a black quarterback holding up the Super Bowl trophy. And that is a big deal.
0: That's awesome. It's so awesome. I think I'm rooting for the Chiefs a little bit, but I also love the Birds. I mean, I love both Same. Of these teams. Same. And, um, you know, the Midwest, Midwestern in me is like Chiefs, but the I love the fucking I love it back east. So I love Phil. I love both of these teams. And I have so many friends that are fans of both. And, yeah. and we'll see how it goes. I just hope it's a great game. And uh, by the way, first time in history, all female crew doing the flyover before. the Yes. Super Bowl. Love it. Love cool. it. Making history. Uh, all right. That's it. We'll be back tomorrow. Until then, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Take care of your mental health. Vote blue over Q and take someone with you. MSW Media.